And we are live with this week's edition of the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nicholas Pavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson and, of course, Grayson G. Marino. And guys, week two of college football is in the books. Couple, you know, scenarios in which, you know, we had the exact, you know, things that we thought were going to happen. But there was kind of a big upset at the end of the night on Saturday. A huge top 10 team did go down the hands of another team that has now entered into the top five of this week's AP poll. A huge win for that program. And now a big shakeup in this week's AP top 25 polls. Is it that big of an upset? Yes. Considering what these considering what the line was for the game and how you know people say te- I would the, say the fashion people, of it was shocking. Yeah, I, I think the way that that game went it was definitely shocking. And the matter of how upset. how they won. It was definitely an upset. And we'll definitely talk about it later on. That's Especially last, yeah, being on the road. Like right. had that been a home game, maybe it's a little bit less of an upset. But being in Tuscaloosa, so Bryce spoiled it. But we'll go into it. I have a lot of thoughts on this. But I'm going to save it for the uh, for when we get up to it. But right, um, do you want to get into it, Nick? Yeah, let's start off with the first game of the day, and that was the 12 o'clock new kickoff game between Nebraska and Colorado. Colorado coming off that big win last week over TCU. Now facing Matt Rule and the Cornhuskers, who came up a tough defeat in Week One against Minnesota on a last second field goal. And early on, it looked like Nebraska was going to give Colorado a bit of a trouble with scoreless going into the second quarter. Colorado started to get into a little bit of a groove at the end of the second. And then in the third and fourth quarter, Colorado ran away with the game. They win this one 36-14 and improved to 2-0 and now the Deion Sanders uh, tenure. Shador Sanders had another big game for the Buffaloes. 393 yards, two passing touchdowns. Travis Hunter did some work as well, had 73 yards receiving, also made some good defensive plays. For Colorado in this one. And they are looking really good right now. To start off this tenure with Dion. They're now 2-0 and on the year. They go into a now home game this week against Colorado State. First time in a long time. I don't know if it's the first time they've ever been to Colorado. But if it is, uh, game, college game day will be in um, Colorado this week to host that game. And it's a big time for this program. Because they're starting to get a lot more you know national media attention towards them. As the season goes on, and they'll have bigger games once these next couple of weeks go on. But overall, you gotta like what you've seen from this team so far. Now two and zero, looking to go three and zero this upcoming weekend. I'm actually surprised that they're going. They're doing game day. I'm not. Uh, the only reason why is you already have the Colorado momentum as it is. Yeah, so you they want ratings, well, bro. Yes, but if let them win one more game and get, like. Is uh do they play USC this year? Yes, right? They do, yes. I would have probably waited for that game. Yeah, but nothing in life is guaranteed. And of course. who's to say the wheels fall off the wagon? They could fall off the wagon this week for all we know. So if they're gonna no, capitalize, they're gonna strike when the iron's hot. They're not gonna wait four or five weeks. They're just gonna wait gonna I do get it. And if you take a look at the schedule this week, the schedule sucks this week. Yeah, I, not I a mean, not a great schedule this week. But only, it should be fun. The only reason why I Change it. I mean, it's a bias thing, just because it's a no. I, no, no, wait, wait, no, no one cares about either of those. No, no, that's not actually where I was going. I doubt it, but okay. Yeah, screw you guys. No, 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 go, go for it. Go ahead. No, I, I just, I would much rather have had Tennessee and Florida. 
Like, there is nothing interesting uh, about that game. But there's nothing like you're only playing off of Dion, which let that you need to build other programs this year. Dion's already has that program at Tennessee the and Florida already established programs. Colorado well, I'm talking, sucks. I'm talking the hype. I'm talking hype wise for the year. What hype does Florida have? It's more for Tennessee, but I mean, you're talking, you're bringing game day to a meddling SEC the, team or do you, see what the, hold on, do you see what the line is of this game? Yeah. It's a 23 point fucking line. You're bringing college game day to that. No, I'm did, sorry. Did you see some of the college game day lines last year? Yeah. And I don't, and I disagree with those. I'm sorry. I think it all depends on what uh, the other games that week. That's that. that college game day is all about the campus environment. Yeah, and the SEC's got a better campus environment probably than Colorado. Yeah, well, I would have rather yeah. have wa- I would have rather have waited till later in the season, even if Colorado. Uh, I'm not saying like fault. Uh, well, I guess falters. If Colorado a bit. loses two of her games. Here, college game day has no reason to go. For well, here's the yes, problem. They do. Here's the problem oh, with Colorado getting like, game day. They could have literally done it the next week. They can't. In Oregon. No, they don't. Because oh, next Oregon week fucking... they're going to be in South Bend for Notre Dame and Ohio State. Okay, what about uh, what about September 30th against That's... USC at home? That's what I'm looking right now. Who's to say they don't lose these two games? If it's 2-2, two two, you can justify going to a 2-2 two two the... Colorado team? Against USC with the hype of Dion? Yeah. I, you're striking the irons hot. There's no guarantees. Uh I'm taking the risk as a, of they're going to beat fucking Colorado State. Oregon's a toss-up. So even if they're a one-loss team going into the USC game, how is that not your college game day? There, I mean, you have LSU all Miss that week also. Uh, uh, they could really build off the hype of – I mean, I'm not saying they should, but Duke got a nice win earlier in the year. They play Notre Dame that week as well. But – my point is, of all the games Colorado could have had, this is the one they're going to go with. I just, I don't like it. It's my own opinion. I just don't think this should have been college game day. Honestly, you know what? This may be pretty interesting. And I'm the producers week four, like you're saying right now with Colorado and Oregon. Um, week four, I think you book Oregon, Washington State if both those teams are undefeated. Well, they're not, they're not over Ohio State and Notre Dame. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, that that, that 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 is a lock for next week. The the no. argument would be the USC saying, week. I yeah, understand that, that 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 like, that would be the week. Week four. Oh, wait, you, no, you could no. get Utah, Oregon State that week. I mean, there's 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 other options here. That would be week five in the college football year. Yeah, the USC. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Like there's nobody. Like I just don't. All I was saying is you. This is also just... an in. This is also an in-state game. That's what makes it different. It, but it's not like a good rivalry game. Like that's my point. You think West Virginia Marshall is a good rivalry no, game? I'm not. I, but I would never say to put them on College Game Day. I mean, listen, I'm just trying to gauge. Like in the era of the mega conference, this could be one of the last times we see an in-state game like that. I, I think they're actually locked into scheduling each other. I'm not. Don't yeah, yeah, no, College Game Day usually has these games locked up, like. Freehand, so that's no. I'm not talking college game day. College game day definitely didn't have this game on their fucking on their radar. To start off, no way. I think they did. They're definitely were going to be in D- at one point in the season. Going to be there and Colorado. 
I disagree with that. How? I think well, they would have waited for the, with the whole game. hype of the season. I think they would have waited for the USC game. Aren't they in USC that week? No, for week five, yeah. Yeah, they want to be in Colorado, Grayson. No. No, they're in Colorado. They're in Colorado. They're in Colorado. Okay, so then fine. They, they could have done it that week, but that's, they didn't expect Colorado. They didn't expect Colorado to be where they currently are right now. Exactly. So even they still they, could they still could do it. They're not gonna go they never go to the same place twice in a season. Well, then I don't know. I don't yeah, I'm going to be real with you, Chief. I wouldn't want to go to any of these I other don't campuses really... besides Colorado this week. Well, here's the other problem. That, that could be a that could be also a Fox game. I guess. It's, on the, pa- it's, I... the, it's the Pac-12, so those usually are Fox broadcasted. I guess. I don't know. But that hasn't stopped them before. Right, but I mean, they wouldn't want to have both at the same time. That's the I, I, my opinion. That, that you don't promote games against your network. But they have in the past. They this have, is, but it's it's at that point it's just pointless. It's like why have that much coverage on one game? I I'm not disagreeing. I'm just disagreeing on the aspect of that should not have been games. It's just there's this, no games this week to do it. This is the only game you can do it at Tennessee, Florida. There's nothing really to you're going to be look, basing off of Florida without you know. There's still uh, no identity with that team right now. And there's an identity with Colorado State? No. No, there's just an identity with Colorado. That's what everyone wants to watch. All I'm, that's all my point was. Was this, I would have rather seen Tennessee this week, and you go and fucking, you have the prime matchup. of Even if they're a one-loss team going into that game, they're still going to be ranked. And, like, <laughs> uh yeah, and the Jets were guaranteed to win the uh, to make the playoffs too this season, but ch- plans change. Whatever. Uh, anyway, we'll just move on to the next game as we talked about Colorado. Now we talk about another team that's going to be in the Big Twelve as of next season. That's going to be Utah, and they got an early sneak preview of the Big Twelve facing Baylor. And this was not an easy game for the Utes going on the road, still without the starting quarterback Cameron Rising. They really struggled in this one to get anything offensively going. Had to score two very late touchdowns, including one in the very last seconds of this game, and had to stop Baylor from tying it, holding on to win it 20-13. They go to 2-0 now in the season, and now an 0-2 start for Baylor. I mean, l- listen, Utah, we know, has a good quarterback in rising, but a very you know, eye-marking game for them in this one. Um. I know Johnson. You personally were sweating this one out till the very last second. Sweating um, it out in a parlay. Yeah, gotta love it. Um, overall, though, Utah, if they can continue this momentum, maybe they'll be a contender in the Big Twelve next season when they join the conference. Who knows? But who knows? With all this conference realignment, there's going to be a whole bunch of shakeup that will lead to some of these teams that we don't expect at the end of the day to win some of these major conferences. So who knows? Law of uncertainty. I had a feeling that um, the under would hit in this game, um, even though I did take the over. With uh, I, I guess just with how Baylor did the previous week, I, you didn't that's expect why, to bring the fight. That's why I thought the over would hit because I figured you get that many points to a team like Texas State, then you also got a regressive mean. So that's also fair. Yeah, I think this is closer to the Baylor team that we saw. You know, they're a lot better than advertised. I know they lost to Texas State. 
But if they could go toe to toe with Utah, I mean, I, I grant, granted, it's at home, whatever, yada yada. They played really good for three and a half quarters. Uh, they just right. couldn't get the job done. Um, yeah, it, interesting game for that one, and have, and also an interesting game in this next one. And I know this one really, you know, hurts you the most, Johnson. Unfortunately, in your case, even though you took the other team in this one. That would be Texas A&M going on the road to Miami to take on the Hurricanes. And the Hurricanes looked really good in this game. Probably the best game I've seen from Miami in a very long time. Tyler Van Dyke threw, threw for five touchdowns at 374 yards. He outduels Connor uh, Wegman in this one to win it 48-33. to Aggies now falling out of the AP Top 25. Miami now jumping into the AP Top 25. So huge win for this program, trying to get back into the ranks in the ACC. And another tough break for the Aggies. Yeah, this was really a uh, a game going into the fourth quarter. Uh, it was I, it was a one score game going into the fourth quarter. And then the wheels fell off the wagon when they couldn't get the offense going. Um, really strong for the first three quarters. Really no defense being played, and then just nine straight. We got a touchdown and another um, and another deep uh, touchdown towards the end. There really sealed the deal. They really had a chance going into the the last four or five minutes. It was just the play, the backbending uh, deep pass that destroyed this team's momentum. Uh, I shouldn't say the momentum, but the chances of winning this game. Well, th- um, think, think about it too. They also made it a one-point game, and then they gave it up an immediate kickoff return. That put Miami back up eight points, and it just seemed like right there and then things were going wrong. Weigman throws an interception then after, and it really, you, you said it, it, the rails really went off for the Aggies in this game and leading to their first the defense loss the special teams lost in this game. Right. I, I'm aware he threw two picks, uh, but you can't be allowing almost 500, almost five, 400 passing yards and almost and five touchdowns. You can't kick off return touchdowns. You, you can't allow that. Right. I, I would say this was a, probably a pick em game, probably a slight lean toward Miami 60, 40 up until the beginning of the fourth quarter. I don't know. I felt like Miami had just – they just felt like they were going to win that game. Like, I don't know. Maybe it was just the way I felt about it. I had con- I guess I was confident that Miami was going to be able to win if that you game. If you, sh- if you showed someone only the first 20 minutes of the game, you would have clearly thought that A&M was going to win because they were off to a hot start. They were had them outscored by 10 early in the second quarter, and then the wheels yeah. kind of fell off the wagon by then. But you know what, though? I- this is something that I've this is just my kind of thing. When you come out to that hard of a start, most of the time I feel like it cools off. And when it cools well, off Well yeah, you, you have to regress to the mean. Yeah, like that's why I've I've always been uh I wouldn't say you wanna come out hot, of course, but like I don't know, I'd much rather steadily get into a game and then the offense gets going. You know what I'm saying? Where like it felt like A and M came out just firing. Well, another team that was also firing on all cylinders, and mostly in that second half, compared to their first half, that was Ole Miss going on the road against Tulane to take on the Green Wave. And you gotta give Tulane credit. You know they had their backup quarterback playing in this game. They fought throughout most of the first half with Ole Miss, but the Rebels were just too much for them in the second half. They outscored Tulane in that one, twenty-seven to three in the second half to win this game by a final of 37-20. to 20. Jackson Dart did pretty good for the Rebels in this game, threw it for 267, two touchdowns, did have an interception as well. But 
a big win for Ole Miss. They get some momentum in the SEC. They're going to be playing LSU very, you know, in the next couple of weeks. So that's a big game on their schedule coming up at home. And they get some good momentum, a tough break for the Green Wave. They, you know, they are a good, you know, non-Power 5 team that it puts up these battles with some of these Power 5 schools. Unfortunately for this one, they just could not keep up with the Rebels. I would say they're probably one of the that top end group of five. Like I'd say they're at least top three out of the group of five schools right now. Right. Them and the next team we're going to be talking about. Oh yeah. I I think it's pretty confident that they're like two of the top three out of the group of five. Uh, yeah, no. And you, you, you know, you spoke about it bef- just briefly there about the next team that we're going to talk about. And that's, Appalachian State, and this was a close game, and I was not surprised it was because, remember, they had a thrilling game last season between these two teams, between North Carolina and Appalachian State, being again this year. year. Yeah. App State just never goes away. That team doesn't want to die. They put up a hell of a battle (laughs) in this game against, you know, a potential top two pick, top five pick, whatever it may be in Drake May, and they put up a lot of points, and they really had a chance to win this game at the end of the day. They just fall in double overtime by the final of 40-34 to 34 to the Tar Heels. A big survival for North Carolina. They came up the win in week one against South Carolina. Now they barely hang on this week against Appalachian State. So a big sigh of relief for North Carolina as they now go to 2-0 and on the season. Drake May didn't really do as much as he did in this game. Did not have a touchdown pass. Did throw for 200 yards. It really was Omari and Hampton that led the way for the Tar Heels. 234 rushing yards and three touchdowns. Huge reason why North Carolina wins this game and avoids a major upset. Yeah, 100%. Can we talk about their quarterback, Joey Aguilar? Yeah, go ahead. I think he's a – is he a true freshman? I believe so, but you could – I couldn't I, know off the top I of my head. I saw no, he's, not, he's not a true freshman. What am I saying? I think he's a, I think he's a junior. Why, why do I think true freshman? Even though – it, um, it, would, it wouldn't surprise me even if he was. Yeah, I, I, think, he's, I think he's second or third year, but – to ha- hold his own versus a Power 5 opponent like that and a good Power 5 opponent in North Carolina, I know he's not going to get drafted this year or even close to it, but if he could put together a very solid build on this, put together a solid season, and even have a better season next year, maybe use the transfer portal to his advantage. Because, listen, if he could play like this against North Carolina, he could easily transfer to the ACC and I think do this on a weekly basis. Okay, well, that be, uh, it, it might too far-fetched to say that. I, I would just say it's one game. Like, yeah, but it's one game versus a, a good team. It's not like it's like a bad Power Five school. Yeah, but it's still, it's still just a one game thing. I mean, there's so many flash in the pain games where you're just you're locked in and yeah. I mean, see how the rest of the wrong. season goes. If yeah, you do like really if, well, then you could be a day three pick in the NFL draft. Who yeah, knows? Like I would say, I'm not saying he's gonna get drafted off this, but no, I'm saying he's. No, um, I'm not saying that either. You, you, gotta, you gotta like his um. His origin story, too, because I thought he was a freshman because I think this was his first year playing, but he's actually a community college transfer. So this guy went to JUCO mm. and yeah, had no. to really earn his way into a starting position. So he's starting right now year uh, year one, I, I guess, in the, uh, in this conference, going against a Power 5 school. So he's got no, really two years of, uh, of D1, not two years, two games of D1 experience, and he can do this. I mean, that that's very, well, very comforting if I'm an Abbott like, fan. No, of of course, but coming from somebody that has experience of watching quarterbacks, I mean, I mean, Bo Nix now is good, but Bo Nix beat 
Alabama, but then also put up an absolute shit stinker against Texas A&M when we were there a couple years back. Like, some quarterbacks just have it on any, any day. I'm not going to judge him just off the one game. That that's more uh, the only other game in his college experience was last week versus Gardner Webb, where he went eleven for thirteen with one hundred and seventy four yards and four touchdowns. So yeah, you can't course. really go off anything. Like no, he's of, got two games. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like I wouldn't say he's ready to go compete against ACC every week yet. If he consistently puts up these numbers all year, sure. But if not, like I mean, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put him against a Power Five school. I think he. I think he can, and this is why. Um, the talent pool on App State, his receivers, his linemen, his uh, his tight ends, his running backs, are, the talent is just way, way different. So if he can do that with, I don't want to say garbage men, but if you give him competent, a competent team around him, I think he'd be a lot better than this. I mean, the world may never know. Yeah, we might not ever know, but... Checking in five weeks. Yeah, let's see yeah. how he does the rest of the season. But a quarterback that Grayson just brought up a few moments ago was Bo Nix and... Let's talk about Bo Nix and the Oregon Ducks hanging on to beat Texas Tech. A thrilling win at the very end for the Ducks. They went into the fourth quarter trailing by nine points, but were able to outscore Texas Tech 20-3 to in that fourth quarter to hang on 38-30. to Nix throwing for 359 yards and two passing touchdowns. He also got very lucky at the end of the game, almost threw a really bad interception that was called incomplete and led to Oregon getting a field goal on that possession. But... Major survival for Oregon in this win. They now go to 2-0 in the season. They got Colorado coming up next week. So they've got a big game coming up as well. Texas Tech, unfortunately, now for them, they fall to 0-2 on the season. But, man, this could have went really bad for Oregon if they had not had that big fourth quarter. So they're very grateful to be going back home with a 2-0 record. I was sweating out this game too. I thought they were, were. going to ruin my parlay. It was the last, last leg. I just needed them to. Uh, I need. I, I took you the money. To cover. Line. Oh, you took the money line. I took a money line. You got to remember, they were losing up until the last couple minutes of this game. Um, you would have thought this would have been Texas Tech's game halfway through the fourth quarter, just because right. Oregon couldn't do anything. So it was mind-boggling to me um, how a team could perform so poorly against Texas Tech when they haven't. Um, when they have, when they weren't hot last week, it's just, it, it seems to me that the upper echelon of the Pac-12 is kind of being punished. Not yeah. in, in the sense of they're really they're playing down to their competition. You saw this, like we mentioned earlier, of Utah and Baylor, and the, both these games shouldn't have been close. Both of these should have been two touchdown scores. You know, whatever. You have a good time. You you know you take your your starters out in the uh, towards the end of the game, but no, these were nail biters from the beginning to the end. Is this karma for leaving the Pac-12? Maybe could be. It's possible. Yeah. And another thing about this game, Johnson, and I know you and I were talking about this a lot. How about the swing of the uh, spread in this game at the end of the game? Oregon has a thirty-one to cover. thirty lead, it, right? And the over/under too. Not only they they literally get a pick six at the end of the game to hit the, the cover. I forgot they did not hit the over because they lost it by a point. And that was because of a missed extra point earlier in the game. So that's a bad beat on a multitude of weights. But if you had Texas Tech plus six and a half, uh, plus six and a half you're really, unfortunately, not okay. happy about it. If you had Oregon minus six and a half, you were absolutely going wild for that late yep. pick six. But nonetheless, the Ducks get the win. They're now 2-0. and 
Colorado's coming up very soon for them. We'll see how they do in that game. Uh, another team that they'll be looking f- into, and that's a team that pulled off a nice big win at home. That's the Washington State Cougars at home against Wisconsin. They beat the Badgers in this one, 31-22. Big win for Washington State. They now get into the top 25 polls with this win. Cameron Ward looked pretty good, 212 yards and two passing touchdowns. Really held the Badgers down overall defensively in this one. It's a big win for Wazoo. I mean, listen, they're trying to make some noise in the Pac-12. I didn't think they'd be ranked this early on in the season, but here we are I'm now. I'm happy they are. I'm happy Absolutely. not only Washington State is, but Oregon State is too. Both right. those guys got left out in the cold. They got backstabbed by everyone else, but I'll let you continue. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, like, it's it's really good to see, especially like you mentioned, that they're one of the only two teams remaining of the current Pac-12 that are still with that conference, and we don't know what the future holds for those two teams, but... It's a good, you know, win for the good guys in Washington State, getting the win over Wisconsin, now getting into the top 25 polls going into this week. And maybe they build some momentum as the season goes on and make a bowl game this year. So who knows? But overall, great win for the Cougars. Yeah, I want to talk about uh, Wisconsin's season so far. I know they looked like an easy game versus Buffalo last week. I didn't mention this because there's really nothing noteworthy since they won. But the first half of that game was not easy for Wisconsin. It was right. a it was a one score game at the half, fourteen to ten. They end up, you know, coming out really strong in the third quarter, getting a couple touchdowns on the board. They put the game away in the early for um in the fourth quarter by getting another field goal, going up three scores. But let's talk about Wisconsin now. They fired their head coach last year, Paul Christ, midway Ooh. through the season for a guy that they thought was gonna be the guy. Uh I think it was Jim Leonhardt. I think you're right. And they thought, oh, he's gonna be the coach he's gonna be the coach, you know, they're um they, they were really convinced it was going to be him. But he turns out to be mediocre. And they hire Luke Fickle instead, and he goes to Illinois. So you fired a guy that was consistent. I mean, he was having a down year, granted. And now you just lose to Washington State. So where do yeah. you go from here if you're Wisconsin? Because if, you're pro, if your standard right now is you want to be the upper echelon top 10 because clearly top 20, top 25 wasn't good enough. You want to be top 10, top 5 fighting for a playoff spot and you lose to a team that even that no other conference wanted, including your own. What standard does that say about your program? I think about all the teams that are going into the Big Ten next year. I mean, no, Wisconsin's gonna... going to get absolutely lost next year. Right, and they're going to be, be hilarious. Lost and you and yeah. like I, like Paul Chris said, or I don't think it was Paul Chris. I think it was a prior Wisconsin head, head coach. Their standards for recruiting is too high. Right. They, they said like this. I'm not a miracle worker. You cannot get five star athletes if you want these high academic standards. You're gonna have to pick one. Look at Stanford. Right. Yeah, Stanford's been going Stanford's badly off. right now. Yeah, I mean, you choose one. You choose academics or you choose sports. You don't get both. But Stanford's falling off. I would even say. Yeah, I mean that. I mean, yeah, but I'm saying that. Well, yeah, because Stanford's standards are way higher than um than Wisconsin, and unfortunately, the higher standards you have, the less athletes you have to choose from. So if the best guys in your class, like, oh yeah, get this three star running back, um, because he meets the academic requirements, I can't go after the four star guy because he doesn't meet them, and that's something that the university has to look back. So it's not even that like. Luke Fickle is failing. Is that this is a problem with I mean, listen, Wisconsin's athletic department? He's being set up to fail. Right. It's only his second game into his tenure, so I mean, he's still got 
Yeah, but I'm saying he's being set. He's he's getting set up to fail by the athletic right. department, by the, by the, his own university. And when he gets fired in a year or two, this remember this conf- conversation. I remember Luke Fickle took a Cincinnati program to the college football playoff just not too long ago. So that's what they're hoping for. But you, like you said, you you can't perform miracles all that all like that. I know the playoff is going to 12 teams next year. It's still not going to be easy considering the amount easy. of teams that are going into the Big Ten. Yeah, it, it's they're just never going to be able to recruit unless, like Johnson said, they drop their academic standards and they're never going to do it. Right. And it, it's a shame because, I mean, I they would good a couple for, of years. They were good a while back. When, yeah. when, you know, when they had Russell Wilson. They, they, that's when the hype was there for Wisconsin. Yeah. I, I love it when Wisconsin and Nebraska are good football teams. I, yeah, uh, you haven't. You probably haven't seen that. It's um, been a while, though. Life, but yeah, um, no. But just overall, I mean, it just brings. No, those, listen, those are two of the best fan bases for college football. Yeah, because they the just, fans will go to watch those games. The yeah. problem is, they just haven't been good. Haven't had good football in yeah. over a decade plus. And I just that, can't. I, I can't believe they fired Paul Chris. This is still mind boggling to me. Right outside of that COVID year, uh, I think he was sixty-one and twenty as a head coach there. Yeah, which is insane. 67 to and 26. We've had the COVID fire. year and the year he got fired because you're not going to count that. He was, I think, 60 and uh, 61 and 20 or something. It's like insane that. to fire a head coach with that record. Well, I think, guys, it's now finally time to talk about the final game of the week. And we alluded to it earlier. A huge win for this team on the road in Tuscaloosa. That being the Texas Longhorns. They go on the road into Alabama. And not only make a statement, but they beat Alabama by 10 points in this one, 34 to 24. Quinn Ewers, I know you guys have given him crap before, but you got to admit, he played a really good game in this one for Texas. Listen, Ooh. listen, 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 listen. Go ahead. I said the minute he starts to falter, Arch gets put in. And I think he knows that. And he's playing really well under that microscope right now because everyone knows that the second he starts to falter a little bit, they're going to put Arch in. But as long as he keeps on playing at this elite level, not only is he going to be a draft pick, but he might leave te- lead Texas to a national he's championship. Go- he's projected right now to be the sixth overall pick in the draft. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Not only is he going to be a draft pick if he continues playing at this elite, uh, elite level, but he might lead Texas to a national championship. If they play like they did against Bama, it's possible. Listen, their defense looked really good. Milrow, you know, Jalen Milrow did throw he two really bad interceptions. Awful. He was he, awful. He has but, not been hot this year. But even the first half, I mean, you look at that first half defense for Texas. They only they only allowed six points in the in the first half, and that was a really good first half for them. Second half, they kind of faltered a little bit, but they overall played a good defensive game, holding Alabama to those twenty four points. And we talked about Ewers, three hundred forty nine passing yards and three passing touchdowns. That's huge for Texas right now, getting that good quarterback play. Because week one, he had, he did struggle against Rice. And they were worried going into this game. If you're a Texas fan, he really, you know, knocked all those worries away with the performance that he did in this game, leading the Longhorns to the win. They're now in the top five. I believe they're now ranked number four in the AP poll going into this week. Alabama now dropping to 10 in the AP poll after this loss. I don't remember the last time Alabama was as close to falling out of the top 10 as a whole. So I can, uh, I'm going to give some food for thought here, right? Yeah. Nick Saban is 190 and 28 in all his years at Alabama, right? Okay. He's lost 28 games in 17 years, so about a game and a half a year. However, 
in the last couple of years. And remember, we're only two games in the 2023. He could lose more games this year. I have a bad feel where you're going with this. He's lost five games. Oh no! In the last three years, right? He's lost 19 percent of his total, 18 percent of his total games in his career at Alabama in the last three years. So what I'm saying is, I'm not saying he's going to get fired or whatever like that. But what I'm saying is, Alabama is clearly trending down from the last couple of years. I know they won a championship two years ago, but the trend is it's they're trending down now. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. You, they had their well, time at the top. The problem for Alabama, and we all knew it going into the season, was going to be their quarterback play. And that, that's been – you look at some of the other teams. Ohio State is potentially going to be in trouble with their quarterback play. Georgia has had their struggles early on with their quarterback play as well. Bama's doing the same thing. And you saw it in this game. Milrow just really had some bad throws. He also had some good throws. He just really could not have a full, complete game where it was good enough for them to win. And that's going to be a problem because they have some other big games the rest of the way. If they're going to win the SEC and get back into the playoff dis- discussion, he has to play better. I so, mean, Nick, you and me were wa- sitting there watching the game, and he's still. I know he's pick. staring down the. Wa- he, he was staring down his wide receivers. The comeback route. How do you stare down a comeback route? <laughs> so here's the crazy part. Now here's the crazier part. If you want to ex- exclude Nick Saban's first two years where he went two and six and twelve and two. He's lost a quarter of his games out of that in the last fifteen years, in the last three years, and we've only had two games this year so far. So it could he could easily add to that. So if you lose twenty five percent of your games in your pretty much for the last fifteen years, in the last three years, that's 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 worrisome. It's not like he's losing four or five each year. That's the standard. No, because he has a lot of seasons where he only loses one game, and that was the standard. Probably the standard between twenty eleven to twenty twenty. I'm really waiting for you to say the word. Are you going to say the word that I think you're going to say about Nick Saban right now? I think he might. No, I'm not going to say he's washed. Okay. I'm not going to say he's washed, but I have to say... You'll have a lot of people telling telling you otherwise. He has to to adapt, though, in this NIL era, though, because my fear with uh, the NIL is even though Alabama is a traditional power, when he leaves, because he's going to leave soon, I believe he's 71 or 72 years old, so he's going to leave soon in the next couple of years. He needs to set Alabama up with the NIL. He needs to get the donors and he needs to one he needs to internally name a successor if he hasn't done so done so already. The the second thing he has to do is get his uh get the board and get his entire university staff on board to facilitate NIL deals with local car dealerships, uh, restaurants, whatever, around the state of Alabama to ensure that there is a fund going forward for these students because we're kind of seeing it with North Carolina. I know it's basketball, but we're seeing it with North Carolina right now in the NIL. They're not doing so hot right now. It was a power program for 30 years with Roy Williams. You get Hubert Davis in there. They have pretty much Roy's team goes to the the, uh, national championship game. And then the next year, they don't even make the tournament. And now he's having recruiting problems. And this is all because of the NIL error and the instant transfer portal. So I think Nick Saban has to set up a safety net for, to ensure Alabama's dominance in the future. Well, is that, is that so mean, crazy for me to think that? I mean, I, 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 think, it would just, I think it's kind of an overreaction just after one game. I, there's still a whole season for Alabama to fix this. It's good that they lost this early because now you have a whole rest of the season to fix – Right, right, right. No, they could easily game. win the next 10 games. We don't even talk about this, but it's right. something to think about going forward. Right, and listen, 
this is a good stepping stone because listen, now they know what Texas is going to be when Texas joins the SEC. Now they kind of know what they do. Remember also Steve Sarkeesian, the current Texas head coach. He's a former Saban, you know, coordinator. And yes, the norm would be those guys usually won't beat Nick Saban, kind of like how the same thing for the NFL with, you know, Bill Belichick and his assistants. Sometimes they beat Belichick, sometimes they don't. Um, Sarkeesian had a good game plan for this game. They really exposed the Alabama defense throughout most of the game, and they were able to get some good defensive plays. I think at the end of the day, just looking at this game, it's mostly an overreaction. I think if Bama, people are saying, oh, that's it for Alabama, that they're never going to be back to where they are. They're still Alabama. They're going to be competing for national championships, any of the playoff discussion. It's still early in the season. It's only week, We're going into week number three. There's still plenty of time for this team I'm, I'm more worried about for their back. future rather than their, their right. long, no, I, being I the longest in future rather than the immediate future. Because I, I'm saying there's chinks in the armor right now, and you probably haven't seen any dents in the armor in the last 13 years. They'll they'll be able to recruit. They're 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 just a. I'm not a, yeah yeah. I'm, as long as Nick Sa- as long as Nick Saban is there, they'll be able to recruit. Saban will be involved even after even after he's done coaching. He's going to be there. Listen, they said the same thing about Hubert Davis and UNC. I realized different. different No, but listen, Williams still technically does get involved with UNC. It's just not the same. Yeah, you like yeah. I'm sure Nick Saban when he retires in a couple years, he'll still be involved in Alabama until he dies. But you're not playing for Nick Saban anymore. You're playing for whatever. It all depends on who they hire. Who are they? I was going to say it's still still a while ago. So internally, name a successor or have an idea, a couple ideas of successors. You got to start planning right now. Listen, there's plenty of names that used to either are on the staff or used to coach. Before we know, Bill 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 O'Brien comes back in a couple of years. Hey, you know what? As a, you, head, as a college you don't know. coach, it's, it's possible. That wasn't bad. Bill O'Brien, listen, that, that got him back in the NFL. That job with Alabama yeah. got him back in the NFL. Oh yeah, no, he, he had a really good game with uh, the Patriots this weekend. Uh, we'll go, but we'll go more in that later on in the show. But um, yeah. fantastic, fantastic uh, offensive coordinator, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, you know well, what? Nothing though? better than Matt Patricia, that's for sure. But oh, no we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're um, going to talk about that in part two yeah, of no, our but, show this week. I mean, when it comes to like the successor of Saban, I mean, I'd like to see them. I'd like to see who he's been molding. He's definitely been molding somebody internally for a while. Somebody that just flies under the radar, but has been a huge part of their program on the inside. And I think that's who's going to end up taking over. Like, he's Saban's, I feel like, too smart of a guy to not be grooming somebody, you know? No, I agree. There's definitely definitely a a contingency plan, but I don't know what it is yet. But we're not going to know for a little bit. I don't don't think he's he's done yet. He's still got a couple more years. No, he's got a couple more years. But I'm saying in the near future, he's probably done. He's probably got four or five years left at most. Yeah, so we'll have to see, yeah. but we'll get ahead of ourselves. That's a conversation for another day for a very, you know, in the distant a rainy future. day. Yeah, exactly, a rainy day. But it's now time for our favorite part of the show, guys, the mushing hour. And it's week three of college football. It's been a very up and down season so far for all three of us in terms of our dra- in terms. I almost said draft picks, but in terms of our picks for this season um, on the year. I am currently eleven and ten in college football picks. Johnson is eight and six. Grayson six and eleven. So 
It has Oof. been very up and down, Grayson. Most of your losses came from this week, unfortunately. Yeah, I had a tough, I had a tough week. Same, same for me. Johnson had a very good week this week, going six and two. So we'll try to see if we can mend the ship this week and make some better picks as we go into this mushing hour. A couple of games this week, we did mention that the slate isn't as good as it has been the first two weeks of the season, but we will still pick these the games that we think will be the games to watch out for for this upcoming week three of college football. With that being said, we'll get into the first game, that being number 14 LSU at Mississippi State. The Tigers are currently a nine and a half point favorite on the road, with the over-under being 54 and a half. Uh, can I start? Go ahead. Yeah, sure. Uh, that's LSU season. I think Mississippi State is. Uh, I know they could be kind of at home for another week, but uh, Brian Kelly is uh, is going to bounce back because he's not really good in the big games, but he's good in the games that no one cares about. And I don't think anyone cares about this game. <laughs> I damn. really can't fight with that argument. I really can't either. And the so give me LSU is... LSU points minus nine and a half. Okay. Wow. I mean, I'll have the balls to take that minus nine and a half because again. Ten points. I don't. Do I don't trust. I don't trust Brian. Is he gonna take Mississippi State to cover? Is that the question? I actually am taking Mississippi State okay. to cover, but I do think LSU wins this game. But I think it's. I, I think, think it's, it's by touchdown, not by touchdown and field goal. That's understandable. Yeah. Um, I have no choice but to take LSU because of all my uh, blasphemy I spoke about in our preview of the college football season. So I will take LSU minus nine and a half. All right, Nick's rolling with LSU. And the next game we got on our list here is Penn State. We have number seven Penn State going on the road to the Fighting Illini of Illinois. Penn State, 14.5 point favorites on the road. 48.5 is the over. I'm going to go with the under, and I honestly might take Illinois to cover in this game. Illinois has been one of the better defenses in the Big Ten the past couple of seasons. I know they had a bad game last week against Kansas. Um, but Penn State, it seems as if every usually when they go on the road in these games, they they kind of struggle, especially with the new kickoff. I'm going to take Illinois to cover and to give me the under also for this game. All right. And Grayson? I'm taking Penn State in the over. I think Penn State's in the over by themselves. Penn State. And so to cover? Yeah. Uh, so Penn State and the over, which means – um, I, the, I'm the tiebreaker here. You are the tiebreaker. Uh, I think they hit the over this game. I'm not going to pick between uh, teams because I think 14 and a half is kind of too large in either direction. I'm going to save you over here. Okay. Uh, no defense is going to be played. Okay, that's fair. And the next game we have, we have number 15, the Can- Kansas State on the road going to Missouri. Uh, old school Big 12 matchup. Kind of, sort of, not really. Uh, Kansas State, five-point favorites on the road, 48. And a half, uh, 48 is the, is the set over under. Wants to start. I'll take Kansas State minus five. Or is it five and a half? You it's said five. 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 Uh, you know give, it, give me six and a half. Five. There uh, <laughs> today, aren't we? Well, five, it's like... It's, yeah, you're asking for a touchdown. You might as well. You might as well just go for the six and a half, get a little bit more money out of it. It's more action. Yeah, a little bit more dough coming um, the way if it actually hits. Now, Johnson, what do I usually say about Big 12 teams? No, no defense. defense. Yeah, and they're playing Missouri, who used to be the Big 12. So that, that just makes me want to take the over. So I will take the over this week. All right. So I am the uh, 
I'm the decider here. Kansas State has not been... Uh, I, I really like Kansas State. But are they as good as advertised? Do I think they can cover? I'm going to pick Missouri to cover here. Okay. I'm going to take I'm gonna take plus five because I, I think... Uh, I don't think Kansas State will cover. But I think they'll end up with the win, maybe by like a field goal or so. So I'm going to say they're going to win by less than five points. So I'm going to take Missouri plus five. Okay. And Nick, we have your Syracuse Orange men going on the road to face the Purdue Boilermakers. It's Cuse on the road, who was a two and a half point favorite, and the over under set at fifty eight. Well, do you want me to start it off? Or do you always say you just want to save my comment for last. I mean, I'm going to take Cuse minus two and a half. They're going to start three now. Okay. Oh God, Nick, I don't want to do this to you. Go ahead, just do it. Cuse money line. Oh man, we're we're gonna really kill me this week, huh? Well, we have my mush. heart is torn for this game because Johnson knows what Purdue did to me in Week One, the college football season. So I don't like them already as it is, and Syracuse has already torn my heart so many times in terms of college football. They're two and zero. They played two really bad teams the first two weeks, so it's kind of an overreaction. These two teams did play a really fun game last season in the Carrier Dome. Syracuse winning on a last-second touchdown. I hate to pick them, but I'm just going to take Syracuse minus two and a half also. I, I, it's going to be a full mush, and it's probably for better reasoning. I don't. They'll probably lose this game. It's on NBC at night, which I'm oh, stunned. Man, that, is, that is a I'm stunned Syracuse is going to be playing in a quote-unquote like primetime slot, so they probably will lose this game, but I can't pick against my team. Well, Nick, I admire your dedication. The next game we have, we have local favorites, <laughs> Rutgers. We have Virginia Tech on the road visiting Rutgers. Beautiful, beautiful New Jersey. Rutgers at home <laughs> is a touchdown favorite, minus seven. Thirty-nine and a half is the over/under. Uh, uh, gentlemen, your the first picks. time I've heard someone say "beautiful." Feed me Rutgers in the points. Oh man, we got Rutgers plus seven. No, minus sorry, seven. Rutgers minus seven. Minus seven. Yeah. Yeah, imagine. Now, Johnson, I need to I need to ask you a question. How do you spell Rutgers? R U T G A S. Exactly. The gas at the end makes me immediately take Rutgers. Give Full me gas, no Rutgers minus seven in this game. I am All not right. willing to take any points because I can't tell you if Virginia Tech will score or not. They most likely will, but I'll stick with the uh, minus seven. Well, I'm going to take the over because Rutgers is scoring forty by themselves. So the over okay. thirty nine and a half is just clearly. I mean, offensive mastermind Greg Schiano will lead Rutgers to victory. Uh, probably Greg fifty-four Schiano. to fourteen. So I think except, you can take Rutgers, except you, for that Giants game. I think you could take Rutgers minus thirty-nine and a half, and they would cover here. But I'm gonna be conservative <laughs> and just take the over. Virginia Tech did. Uh, no, that was Virginia. I'm sorry, Virginia Tech. Did Virginia Tech win that game, Johnson? Against I think they lost that game against Purdue, right? I believe that, they did. That yes. long delay. I believe they did. They did. Yes. I did. Yeah, I almost so, placed him uh, up with Virginia, who lost to James Madison. I know you were uh, happy about James Madison winning. Yeah, cover. All right, All and right. The next game we have is the uh, backyard brawl uh, by some uh, by some you. team. You might have heard of them, Pittsburgh, kind of a local community college, and West Virginia. I think they might be D two. Um, <laughs> Pittsburgh minus one. Uh, Pitt- Pittsburgh going into West Virginia. I mean, do you ever be D2 or community college? Just be real here. I think I'd rather not have a football program. (laughs) 
we have oh. Pittsburgh minus one on the road. Very favorites going into Morgantown over under set at 50. Oh, um, do you want me to get this out of the way? Yeah, you know I'll, go, I'll, I'll take a step away and I'll come back in 15 minutes. Go ahead. No, this isn't even going to be a Josh, let, let him go last. I went last with my Syracuse pick. I'll, yeah, that's I'll, fair. I'll pick with mine. Now, this can I put on the sheet that I hope the field blows up? Is that is that too bad of me? Yes, like, it I is. Would, I would say I semi-agree how with about, you, but how I have about, a couple uh, of friends that go into the game. All right, maybe not blow so, it up. That's, that's bad. Now, what about – what? About, hold on, let, let's strike that from the record. How about a lightning <laughs> delay so long that they just never play the game at all? Um, I'd love that. That's beautiful. Let the tailgate just keep I going, baby. I don't either of these teams <laughs> to win. Can they just make an NFL rule or, like, make a soccer rule in which they just tie at the end? What I'll do is I'll pick the over because I don't want either of these teams to win, so I'm not going to root for any of these teams, so I'm just going to root for the points. Nice. What do you got, Johnson? Uh, You're taking the over? Yeah, I'm taking the over. Yeah, I'm also taking the over. Okay, uh, Big 12 defense, yep. um, ACC offense, so yep. give, me the, uh, give me the over. All right, now for the grand finale. Um, well, I'm just going to get my pick out of the way. Uh, I'm not touching who's winning this game. Uh, don't be that person. Take West Virginia. You know you want to. Uh, I took Syracuse. Come on. Fuck it. West you can do it. The over. There you go. There oh, you go. Okay. So here's here's my thinking right now. Best case scenario, you beat Pitt and Morgantown. Fantastic. Honestly, you can lose from last year. Yeah, need it desperately. I can't stand thinking that they beat us last year. It makes me sick. Worst case, well, second best case scenario, you lose and Neil Brown gets fired on the spot. (laughs) You've been asking for his head now for three weeks. I've been asking for his head for two years. That's true. But this, this is it. I mean, after you sh- almost shit yourself against Duquesne, the f- they did shit themselves against Duquesne. The hey, first hey, half. there's nothing wrong with that. Duquesne's a quality program. That, that first half was disgusting. I actually think I watched better fucking football at St. Peter's Boys High School. You did watch it. It was very, very good. Shout out to the Eagles, 2-0, undefeated on the Great season. win this week. Um, But that was abysmal. The guys are, I, I don't want to say incompetent as a head coach. No, you can. But he's as close to incompetent as you could be. No, no, he's because incompetent. He's, You're no, right. Well, he's able to semi-recruit, which is why is he I know. Uh, he's brought in some good talent. I mean, he's found a couple yeah, of has that, has that talent produced anything so far? Well, no, because he can't coach for shit. Well, that's but he's found cool. the talent. Okay. So I'm giving, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt on that aspect. But when it comes to actually in-game coaching and throughout the week, I don't know if there's a worse coach in the goddamn nation. He's awful. But, like I said, I'd really like to win this game. But if losing this game means Neil Brown's fired, I'll take the loss this year and come back next year and get that dub. And then you wake up. Okay. 
Yeah, basically. <laughs> All right, and uh, we'll get on to our next let's game. Let's get that bad taste of our, out of our mouths, Johnson. All right. Um, we have South Carolina, Spencer Rattler going on the road to Georgia, University of Georgia at home, 27.5-point favorites, over under at 54. Georgia um, is 27 I'm and take, a half. I'm taking favorite. South Carolina plus 27 and a half. You I don't care how they perform. Um, there's no way Georgia covers this. Grayson, I swear to God, don't. <laughs> don't do it. I was actually going to alternate spread that to what? Taking South Carolina plus 10. So I think this game's going to be way closer. I, I don't believe that. No, I don't. Okay. okay. Listen, I'm taking South Carolina to cover, but not like that. I'll just take the regular cover. Yeah, there's nothing really. There's not much to be Listen, said. Listen, they lost by 21 to UNC. That was a uh, that was a rough game. They could have easily won. They just really faltered. But yeah. Georgia has really scared me offensively, and I think Rattler can keep them in the game. But I still think Georgia will win by two plus touchdowns, not four plus touchdowns. So I'll so take. So that's uh, that's what we really got to say about that. Yeah. Then All we got right the next even. game, Johnson. Eighth-ranked Washington going into East Lansing to take on Michigan State. A lot of uh, spec, you know, news going around Michigan State right now with Mel Tucker, the old um, scandal that's going on, suspended, fired. We see in garbage. Yeah, we really don't know what's going on with them right now, but they are in a world of fire, as you mentioned. Oh, they said suspended still? I, He's fired. I He's saw, done. I was going to say, I saw like four. I saw five. fire. Someone fired. told me last night he was suspended. I don't know what the situation is right now with him. Um, no, he's, he will never coach it down a football he ever shouldn't, again. He shouldn't, absolutely. So no matter what, being that as it may, Washington is the eighth-ranked team in the country going on the road. They are 16-point favorites in this game with a 57-and-a-half over-under for the game. What do you guys have for this one? I got Washington minus 24. Oh, my God. The I honestly spread. think Michigan State's morale is going to be in the garbage, and Washington is going to be highly motivated to keep that uh, ranking. What was the initial spread? 16. 16. Okay, because hey, I was going to say 21. No. Go ahead. But... Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, we're going Washington, Washington minus, minus 21. 21. And yeah. you know what? I think Washington's hitting the over themselves. So you go Washington and the over? Yep. All uh-huh. right, there we go. Okay. Uh, Johnson, I'll save you some time. I'll make my pick. I will take Washington. I'll just take them the regular spread. Because I'm not... taking Washington and the over, right? He is taking Washington minus 21 and the over. Feeling a little bit ballsy with that one, but that's Dangerous. all the Bushing Hour is all about. Uh, all right, our next... The next game we have. Yep, go ahead. Is number 11, the Tennessee Volunteers going to the swamp, going to the University of Florida to take on the Gators. Tennessee, even though they're number 11 in the country, only six and a half point favorites on the road, over under at 59. Never easy to win the swamp, remember that. Never, never. It's not easy, but... I'll start us off. Yep. Uh, give me the under. 59 points in an SEC game. That is a lot of points in an SEC game. So, uh, especially going to the Swamp, where it seems like everyone is uh, gets minus 15 agility because uh, of the humidity and the heat down there. So, give me the under. Okay. There you go. Uh, this has been a tough game for me to look at. I mean... I really would like to say Florida will keep up with Tennessee. Tennessee just has the better quarterback play, obviously, in this game with Milton compared to Mertz. Um, but I hate to do it to you, Johnson. I also like the under in this one. 
I haven't liked what Tennessee's done offensively in their first two games of the season. And Florida has been all right defensively so far and usually is a good defensive team throughout most of you know their games. I think they'll hold Tennessee to a low-scoring game in this one, but I still think Tennessee will win at the, other, at, at the end of the day. I just don't know if I'm willing to take the minus 6.5. I could see Tennessee winning on a last-second field goal. All right, and Grayson? I'm about to go off the reservation, boys. Oh, boy. We're going Florida minus three and a half. Wow. You know what? I don't know what you've seen out of Florida, but okay. I haven't seen anything. It's just about Tennessee, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, I I don't trust that team for fucking as far as I can throw them. And I can't throw very far anymore. Um, That's a great analogy, let me tell you. (laughs) Going into the swamp, man. I wouldn't want to go play in the swamp. And you know what? I, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling that gator. Okay. Give me the gators. Yeah, so Grayson's going Florida minus three and a half. And we have the game of the week, the game everyone's talking about on ESPN. Uh, everyone loves this and everyone wants game day to be here, including oh, Grayson. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've loved it more than anything else in my life. Colorado State on the road going across the state Shout to out number to 18, Rams. Colorado. Yep, the Rams taking on the Buffaloes, Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, his son, his son's friends, his other son. Uh, <laughs> adopted son. Adopted son. <laughs> the hot tub um, that Travis has got. <laughs> yeah, but we're going to put Travis in the hot tub, probably built into the locker room at halftime. Can I get a hot tub? He's gonna. God he's, damn it, Nick! I was just thinking about that. Taking the Lord's name in vain over here. Not even done. Colorado minus twenty three at home. Over under side at fifty nine. Gentlemen, uh, I'll, I'll please give me this. your picks. I'll start this off hot. We're gonna go. I came with the alternate spread. It's Col- happening. Oh, it's definitely happening. What was the line again? Minus twenty three. Twenty three. Light work. Colorado minus thirty three and a half. 30. And we're taking the over because Colorado's hitting it by them fucking selves. Oh my god! All right, so I see Grayson wants to go two and seven in his picks this week. Listen, I I force him to take a WV money line, so he's he's gonna be in for an interesting one. Uh, yeah, we only have ten games. You can end up going like something like two and fifteen this week. Yeah, probably. Y- you know what? Uh, and if I hit. And some of these hit. I mean, yeah, it'd be wild. I'll be rich. <laughs> now, when I look at this game, I saw what Colorado State did in their first game against Washington State. They gave up 50 points in that one. So if they give up 50 to Washington State, they'll for sure give up a lot of points to Colorado. I will take Colorado minus 23, and I'll take the over for this one. Oh, are we going to mush this? We have mushing hour? Absolutely. It yeah, has happened once. I mean,. Kind of happened. We all took the over in the WVU game. We all took Q's. So, let's, yeah. let's, again, I'm taking Colorado minus 23 in the over. No one's stopping Coach Prime. I think Travis Hunter is going to have four picks and 250 yards on the game. Uh, please stay safe. And I did not, I did not mean to bush you. Um, lock, lock of the game. This kid's, about, the 350 passing this kid's about to fucking lock carry his ACL. Hey, hey, don't even say that. Don't even say that. I don't know. You talk, you talk double A-Ron into fucking. No, no, Yeah, no, I was no. on purpose. We'll, listen, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Aaron Rodgers in part two. But, yeah, so Jordan Sanders, 350 passing yards. You heard it here first. He's going to have a game and throw for five touchdowns. That's all I'm going to say about that game. But 
That's going to do it for this week's edition of part one of the All Gas No Break Sports Show. In part two, we will talk about week one of the NFL season. A big-time injury occurred last night on Monday Night Football. A lot of games also to discuss, including Thursday night's game against the Lions and Chiefs. A rough game for the Giants in week one against the Dallas Cowboys. And overall, the rest of the slate in the National Football League. But for college football, we'll have to see what happens in week number three as we get a little bit closer towards seeing who are some of the top contenders in this year's college football season. I am Nicholas Pavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson and Grayson G. Marino with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. Please stay tuned for part two of our conversation with the NFL Week 1 Recap.